And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM on this beautiful day. A good morning, NFT. We put up on seven Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on Rose Radio. Radio. It's a beautiful day. To have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. Yo, 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 yo. Good morning. Good morning. Hold on. This video starts playing again. My bad. Good morning. GM, GM. GM. What's up, Mando? How you doing? I'm good, man. Did OSF turn up yet, or are we still going to wait for five minutes? <laughs> we need someone, like, we actually need someone. By the way, this this whole show's like there's so many memes come out of the show every day. We just want to just live pump out memes like that of like OSF missing this and that. Like someone who's like witty with it, you know, just quick, quick. Like, you know, there's a meme right now in five minutes. If you're that person, hit me up. <laughs> oh, it's cool when you pin at the top, man. Though, look, it's it shows it's a co-tweet. Do you see that? Yeah, that was my first co-tweet ever. So how, how did you get co-tweet abilities? I, I got it after a lot of people. So I guess they usually when, when big like features roll out in companies like this, like whether it's Instagram or whatever, it rolls out usually per region. And a lot of Americans had it first, I think. Then I'm in Canada, so I just got it. It's not a verified thing, whatever. I didn't have it before. And uh, and honestly, it's my favorite feature uh, ever. It's the tiniest thing sometimes make the difference. But, you know, it's uh, it's great. And this is how you grow on social too. So it's fun. Like you're able to like collab with people and, you know, make fun tweets. But yeah, that's how. So it was great. Now we can finally post the show together. But Ovi over here, we need to have a third, a try tweet because Ovi's going to get jealous. Bring the try tweet in. <laughs> I'm going to have to, we're going to have to like, I'm going to have to swap like every day, you know, like one day is Ovi, one day is Mando, one day is U2. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Let's be honest. It's, it's, it's mine and your show and Ovi's just a special guest. Hey, don't be mean. I'm like, I'm like the guy that does the, you know, you have like the two news anchors and that guy does the weather report. That's basically me. Now it's all weather guy. Yo, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yo, that's yo, I need a meme of Ovi as the weather guy. It's official by the Mando. That's a na- great name for a segment. Give me the weather for today. And you talk about the market. Are you kidding me? You just came up with something. This is what we're going to call it. The weather report by Ovi. There you go. We got it. It's going to be great. People love it. it. By the way, you give like probably one of the best temp checks uh, of the day on Twitter anyways. So it's like, you know, it's, it's always very knowledgeable. So I think the weather report's not bad. <laughs> It'll be great. Today's going to be a fun show. Uh, I tweeted at the top, pin at the top for you to share. Uh, you know what to do. Get your people in. Get your people in. Sorry. We're going to talk about NFT and micro market daily as usual. There was special guest, Nicolas Julia, who is the CEO of SoRare which is an incredible uh, platform and that you, you've probably heard of before. And so this is going to be a really interesting uh, interview. Then how do you balance a mass market with collectibles? And I don't know if you've seen, but Snapchat getting its NFTs uh, was about time, but you know, always, good to, uh, always good to see. So Snapchat NFTs and also Disney and Polygon. Polygon continuously just like, you know, blowing people's minds. You know, Mando, every time you send me a tweet about Polygon, it's like something big lately it's uh it's been really 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 um really cool to watch we got to get the see the new ceo on he's a great guy but yeah should be uh should be fun ovi 
I'm gonna give it to you for the weather report. Wait, we need a weather report jingle. Hold on. <laughs> Do we have a weather report jingle? Do you guys hear me, by the way? We definitely need one. Okay. We definitely yeah, need do it. One. Play one, play one, hold on. find one. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Weather report theme song. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that one right now. Wait. We need to find one. I don't know. It's because weather report is also a show, so I can't find uh, a weather fork. There you go. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> no, that's terrible. That's boring. Hold on. We need a better one. Yeah, okay, no. No, that's... that's that sounds like the sort of sound you used to hear when you opened up yeah. your computer in, like, 1997. Yeah. That, is, that is definitely not it. Um, so that's not how we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to have to get someone to make a song like the rest of the jingles. Uh, but for now, uh, I guess... Um, I'm just going to give it to you, Ovi, the weather report. <laughs> yeah, Thank you very much, Farouk. Um, I, was, I was literally about to talk about, uh, literally about to talk about the weather there. Um, so markets are kind of interesting today, and it's something that Mando mentioned in the sense of the correlation breaking down between equities and crypto. But stocks are down like two percent almost on both S and P five hundred and Nasdaq. Um, oil is getting destroyed. Oil is at like sub 92 now that's a huge move in oil that's like a 25 30 percent move in oil over the last two or three weeks kind of tells me that inflation next month is definitely going to be lower it doesn't necessarily mean we've topped out last month but um you know it's good for controlling that narrative interest rates have sold off a lot um actually they're like yeah sold off a little bit since yesterday and so everything macro is getting destroyed basically um but crypto is only really I mean, it's unchanged, actually. It's even small up um, over like a, a day on, on day on day period. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. Maybe crypto took a big move down because of all these liquidations and stuff. And um, there's a lot of leverage that's now taken out of the system. So there's an argument to say it underperforms so much. Maybe it can uh, start to outperform. But definitely some interesting moves this morning uh, across everything. Uh, but yeah, macro-wise, it looks, pretty, like, it looks pretty ugly. But I think there are some good signs with regard to oil coming down a lot yeah it's earning season now right for the next for the next few weeks it's earning season i think it was it start, normally starts with the banks um so you had some of the biggest banks in the, in the u.s jp morgan morgan stanley both reported earnings today which are both weaker than expected so stock market isn't really trading that well um at the moment particularly the s&p like um if banks aren't reporting good earnings then that that's kind of not a great sign for the, the broader economy not really just tech but you're seeing a massive decorrelation at the moment between crypto and um, and stocks. So um, I think maybe in the middle of May, the correlation between Bitcoin and Ethereum to stocks was like 0.8. Um, uh, and I think I said on the show yesterday, just to put this in, into perspective, if that figure was one, you'd see like a perfect correlation between um, crypto and stocks. Uh, so if stocks went up, Crypto will go up, stocks go down, crypto go down. Um, that was the highest it's been, I think, ever, actually, in May. Um, and since then, that's gone all the way down to around 0.2 on ETH and around 0.5, maybe even 0, 0.4 area on Bitcoin. So you're seeing um, 
you've seen crypto decorrelate from stocks pretty aggressively here over the last six weeks. And that's only accelerated over the last couple of weeks. So it's a weird scenario here where we could be into what Pantera was talking about um, in their latest latest like uh, investor report and when they're trying to raise money and that this could be an interesting time where where crypto starts to maybe outperform from stocks. Um, I think what you said, you actually sent me a, a really interesting tweet yesterday, for, which is what I kind of agree with, is that I don't think there's like a massive upside here for crypto, but I do think there is a, a situation here where stocks can get absolutely destroyed and crypto doesn't really get hurt or at least maybe small rallies. Um, I think it'll be tough to see like ETH double to like 2000, but you could see it um, outperform meaningfully. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch you guys... Uh bull post about all of this and so <laughs> but it's uh so what's um what do you think is causing most of this uh most of this whatever form of decoupling you're talking about so so it's interesting that w- when you start to see when you start to see this this um this correlation between crypto and stocks was exactly when um covid hit in 2020 um, and that was also a time where you saw a lot of institutional money start moving into crypto. So stocks obviously are going to be more and more correlated to crypto. The more and more institutional money is in crypto. Um, so the more asset managers, hedge funds um, that are in crypto that also play around in, in broader asset markets, mainly stocks, the more correlated crypto would be to that. Um, one thing that's been interesting is that as the leverage has come out of the system over the last few months and you've seen a lot of um, larger hedge funds blow up, um, arguably you could say that a lot of the um, institutional money, particularly from the hedge fund side, um, is less um, dominating crypto at this stage. Um, This is definitely a market where you're seeing only really Bitcoin whales that have been around since 2012, 13, 14, accumulating. Um, and they're dominating the market maybe even more than what you saw with institutional flows. So this is perhaps returning to, and to be clear, before 2020, there was very little correlation between crypto and stocks. Um, in fact, at times it was negative. It swung wildly. Like it was, it was very, very difficult to see. Um, now, what you could be seeing here is that as leverage has come out of the system and there's been less institutional money in the system, we could be returning to a, a period or the bull, the bull narrative is that you've returned to a period like you saw before 2020, where it's more crypto purists in the market right now. The market is dominated um, by Bitcoin whales um, rather than institutions, um, whether that's good for the long term or whether that's just like a temporary thing before institutions kind of get get a bit more comfortable with crypto again. But the, the failure of DeFi has meant that a lot of institutional money i think will stay out of crypto for a well, not the complete failure of DeFi, but this mostly this, a lot of failure of cfi no Especially yeah. speaking of which chapter 11 yesterday fucking celsius but um, the two were obviously conflated i don't think people a lot of people who thought they were in DeFi were actually in cfi right um, and a lot of people who are fundraising in that space thought they were in DeFi, and actually they were in cfi so i think um like if you were to raise a DeFi fund right now i think it'd be very difficult or at least Raising in the DeFi space is difficult. 
um, from institutional money because I think a lot, a lot of people are scared about the massive blowups that they've seen in that space, even if it's not pure DeFi by what we would call it. So um, I do think this is a market which is perhaps going to be less dominated by institutional money. And as a result, you will see correlation between um, crypto and stocks start to decrease. And that's what, that's what you've seen as that, as that exactly since May, as you've seen um, that, that leverage come out of the system, you've also seen um, decorrelation start to happen. Yeah. Speaking of which, we're talking, um, did you guys see obviously the Celsius news? Not great, of course, but uh, they filed yesterday, right, for Chapter 11? It's not. It's not great. This is the. This is. This is expected, though. That was the classic. Um, that's. That's the, the. The. normal bankruptcy chapter in the U.S. What, what was interesting is they paid back all their DeFi loans before um, filing, and that's. That's kind of not great. So they were. Um, they were obviously at risk of liquidation. So you could argue that they needed to to um, to pay them back going through a bankruptcy pr- proceeding. Um, but they were paying them back um, when they would be liquidated with Bitcoin like below 10K, below 5K even. So the chance of them getting liquidated was very, very low. Um, and it's something that they could have dealt with during like during a bankruptcy proceeding. But what it does mean is that if, you, if you're a depositor in Celsius, they basically pay back DeFi loans uh, ahead of paying you back. Um, and that, that in bankruptcy law... Um, like if you if you were to pay back somebody, let's say you were to pay back your friend, um, and then file for bankruptcy the next day, there's a rule in bankruptcy law that that like a judge can be like, well, if you pay back someone in the ninety days, in particular in the ninety day proceeding that you went for bankruptcy, they can basically ask that money back and say that that's not fair. Like you can't just pay back your friends and then file for bankruptcy and then screw all the other creditors. Um, but in this case. There's no way that the, even if a bankruptcy judge were to rule that paying back those loans first before they pay back depositors who may even get impaired, there's no way they could ask that money back. So it's kind of what they did, in my opinion, is is really not great for the depositors. It's kind of, um, I don't know, that, that could be deemed not illegal, but that could be deemed incredibly unfair by a bankruptcy judge. But there's no way of going back on it now. So um, it's it's interesting. It's fucking shameful. Honestly, Mando, like yesterday when I read about it, and a lot of people were obviously replying to Mashinsky and the whole Celsius account, stuff like that, with that, that tweet of his, like when, you know, to back, when he was replying back to Mike Dudas, who's going to be on the show, right, next week, I believe. But um, it's it's insanity. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, it's really crazy what happened. And when you heard about the story, about obviously you saw that OXB one, we discussed it. But the the thread and the handshake deals, and you know, this is people's money. Like this guy moved NFTs to his wife's wallet with like people's money, like that are here in the audience right now. You know what I mean? Like it's so fucked up. Like honestly, it's angry. I don't know about how you guys feel about that, but I think it's extremely angry. Like it's uh, it's not right. Because imagine the people got burnt. Like. These are the people who like were maybe first dabbling into crypto and like, yo, put it in this thing, huddle, 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 DCA and shit and keep it in there. And now that's their first like crypto encounter. Like, do you think these people want to go back? Like, I've heard horror stories. I've heard stories of people who like DCA'd over a year, over a year or whatever, put up, let's say a couple hundred grand and now they lost it. You think they want to come back to fucking crypto, bro? That's it's so bad. Like this, the, the, the way, you know, 
some of these people went with the money, right? Same shit with the three AC guys, like all these people, you know? It's really wild. Um, Duke Carl, like think, all this stuff. Though. I think this is way worse than three AC. Like, way worse. Yeah, yeah, of course. The machine's case, like, this is insane. The South is doing is. Hedge funds, hedge funds blow up. Um, I think this is slightly maturing of the market. Like, um, if, if the biggest blowups before were like Mt. Gox, where like funds were stolen essentially, um, and there was always that idea that like, not your keys, not your crypto, this, this seems to be a maturing of like a new form of rug that was always going to be exposed. If it wasn't now, it was going to be exposed later down the line. And that people, some people don't like to do DeFi, right? DeFi is, is um, often fiddly, involves lots of different transactions. You can often get scared that you're going to, you know, fuck one up and lose all your money. So for some people, it's easier to go like, right, um, can I just give you my money? You give me the yield and you just take a cut. Like that is something that you could arguably um, ask for. And I think there will be more trustless systems that aim to do that down the line. Like there are some, there are some, um, I would, wouldn't call them CFI, but there are some elements of DeFi, let's say, crossing slightly towards CFI. Things like BFI, which is like yield um, optimizers, where you give, where you deposit your money in BFI, and they kind of do the compounding for you. Like those are sort of protocols which I think could do well um, still. But there, there was this murky idea where you could just kind of deposit your money on on. There are several different ones but obviously celsius one of the biggest nexo was another one of the big ones um which is obviously still going but and you had they told you that you were getting this yield but you had very little um view on what they were doing um and i think that will that industry as a whole will probably be massively questioned in the future and i think that's a good thing but it's incredibly painful for the people that got missold the idea that their money was just being looked after and that they were just going into, they were just taking care of all the DeFi stuff for you. In fact, they weren't doing that. They were doing crazy, risky stuff with your money. Um, and you were just, you just saw the front end of, oh, you know, I'm just getting 6% on my ETH. Um, that sort of stuff is, will hopefully die. Yeah, I don't know, Vovi, if you had any thoughts on that. I'm sure you do. I'm sure it's similar, but it's, I don't know. It's just, I just wanted to go there because it, it was just so, you know, it's honestly, I just feel anger sometimes when I see this, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't have anything to add. It's similar, similar to, to what Mando said, and similar to what you said, Brooke, as well. It's just like how, like, how do you, as a retail investor or whatever, even like consumer, like just like a bank, right? how do you bounce back from that, and how do you gain trust and anything after that? Um, but it just comes down to regulation. Like they just weren't strong enough regulatory standards for these guys. Like imagine if you're a bank and you go put your money into like random shit, like all this stuff is regulated and reporting these guys weren't doing it at all and they had huge amounts of money and like it's it's the fault of celsius absolutely because um you know there is really really bad shit but it's also comes down to like everyone should be understanding and doing the research into what they're putting their money in understanding where the yield comes from um because it doesn't just come out of thin air and um you know hopefully this hopefully what happened here will be you know lesson for anyone who got hurt or people who didn't get hurt and got lucky just to make sure that people are doing like the, the, the appropriate due diligence every time they put the money in somewhere. Yeah, it's um, and also there's by the way there's also Simon texting. There's also Voyager. Same story, right? Same similar. Like it's just it's um, it's really really insane. By the way, Camila, thank you for texting me. So the weather report 
they actually used it in the Nifty uh, Alpha Morning Show. I didn't know. Can I tell you? Yo, they used that in there. So, <laughs> great minds think alike. I love that. Uh, oh, that's shout, so funny. Shout out to Nick and Pio. I love those guys. <laughs> Fucking love them. Um, we need to actually, like, uh, I was talking to them. But imagine if we all hosted one show together here and there. It would be insane. Three, three hour long. Their first hour and a half and our second hour and a half. <laughs> that shit would be that, crazy. That would be awesome. Yeah. Right? Can I just co-tweet it. Co-tweet. Yeah, for sure. We co-tweet, yeah, we co-tweet Rug Radio and Nifty Alpha. Co-tweet. Actually, that's that's actually pretty smart. Uh, I'll, I'll message the boys. Um, so now, now on the NFT market side of things, Mando, um, uh, I don't, you know, kind of like same same as yesterday, uh, right? Uh, cyber brokers, I see up ten percent. Uh, admit one uh, is up. Uh, I actually, uh, you know how we were curious about what G Money's kind of doing with Admit One, and we were talking about it on the show. I just got an email while on the show because he has a like um, email that gets sent out like by PR or whatever uh, for holders. Anyways, G Money announced the creation of Nine DCC, first crypto native luxury house and lifestyle label. It came in at ten forty, yeah, yeah, thirteen minutes ago. So yeah, he is going full into fashion and with the admit one stuff. It says. Um, admission admit one members. This community has been with G Money. Yeah, it's for admit one members. I think. Um, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Iteration 01, a high-end t-shirt launching on Submit One members. Okay, so I see that. So there goes that cash question <laughs> that we're all curious about. Um, besides that, I don't know what you're seeing, Mando, but we're seeing a lot of high-end sales and high-end, you know, interest being thrown around. Yeah, look, I think um, it's interesting from G-Money. If, if you've done, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes of research into this, I think it's obvious that he was going the route of uh, um, fashion. Um, I thought personally it would be, he'd be launching a series of collaborations um, probably with Adidas and Prada, but maybe that still happens with this fashion line. Um, but it, it, it does feel like even when he was talking about his marketplace, he was talking about this being like a department store marketplace, the G, G.Money marketplace. So it feels as though he's launching his own brand. He's probably going to be selling various different um, fashion, uh, I don't know, wearables for different for different avatars, I would guess, or um, uh, through the marketplace. So I, I don't think that's a surprise. I think it suits well with what he's done. I think he's he invested in like over 100 different startups during over the last 12 months. And I think a large percentage of those were in the fashion space. So I think it will link in well with what he's been doing. Um, but yeah, let's, let's see, see what happens there. And yeah, the rest of the market feels... Feel, still feels pretty decent. The, the vast majority of interest is happening at the higher ends of the market. Floors, floors are moving around a little bit, but it does feel as though um, this is the sort of market where grails are being picked off, um, and a lot of that's just because of the nature of of, of the high end. Um, the high end buyers are often looking at stuff in dollars. Yeah, US dollars. Yeah. I remember this thread. I think it was Kazama wrote it a while ago, and uh, it was actually about how the high end still and, and does think in USD. And that was back when he was spending a lot on those like big X copy grounds. It's a good thread. I got to find it. But I remember reading, but then it's, it's happening, you know, full force now that the price of ETH is, you know, has been just near a thousand dollars the entire time. Right. Look, if you were buying, it's good. It's good. if you yeah. were high end art buyer buying credentials and someone said, Oh, but the price of ETH has changed. Like, like, Come this on, might be one of your only ever, only purchases. You're not really that worried about the price of ETH. So if you're really looking at the high-end collectibles yeah. buyers um, from other markets that have often moved into this space just to buy grails, they don't care about the price of ETH. They, they, they might be looking at this as a massive discount. 
Yeah, Fidenza's at 102, by the way. Wow. It's a beautiful Fidenza at the floor, too, 964. Wow. I love, the, I love the pink. Damn. But you're looking at even that. It's so... Dude, like, I really was just so mad at myself for, like, when I was looking at the price of punks when it was nearing that 48 where it got swept up, right? And it was at eight, $900 ETH, $900 ETH. And, like, I was like, dude, 50 is, like, you load up on that. Like, it's, like, I was so mad at myself not looking at the price of punks, just not even, like at least doing that. And a lot of those grails were so cheap. Just what, how many weeks ago was that? Three, four weeks? I don't know. Like it was that weekend um, before NFT NYC, right? Yeah. So, and I'm waiting for the 3AC uh, NFT. What's uh, up, Nass? <laughs> Yo, yeah. how, how are you doing, brother? Amazing, bro. Dude, congratulations, guys. Nas, Nas proposed in Paris this last week. She said yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. She said GM. Right? <laughs> yeah. Congrats, was, bro. Uh, amazing. Congrats. Are you going? Are you going to East Paris? I'm, I'm debating or ETCC even. I'm, I'm debating. You going. need to go, Mando. If I was in Europe, I would have gone 100. percent You have to go. Yeah, I had to unfortunately get back to a lot of the uh, 16Z work, but uh, I, I wish uh, I could. I could have gone. I'm, I'm still thinking of like going back, but it's. I don't know. The trip is is quite a quite exhausting. Yeah, for us, it's annoying. It's like across the pond, right? But you should, if you're already there, like this is like, Mando, you should really, really, I was talking to the guys at POAP, saying to a few other people are all asking if uh, if I'm going to ECC. Answer is no, because I don't want to travel till September. I'm not traveling to all these <laughs> Look, if, I, if anyone's deep in the ECC <laughs> game, just DM me. I kind of want to know if it's if it's worth going. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about going. Yeah. Um, isn't the biggest Ethereum conference in all Europe? Like this is the one, ECC, like, is it that, is. It uh, is. I'm just not sure how deep the um, the NFT game is there. Yeah. But, but the uh, thing is, what I love about the NFT space is, at the end of the day, uh, one way or another, the NFT space always gets together at all these conferences. You know, like there's always something going on. Um, yeah, especially I agree. Especially community community. Uh, it's all about community building, right? So it's uh, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, DM Mando. Spam his DM if you're going to ECC. Invite him to all sorts of parties, uh, and take care of him, please. Take care of him. Um, <laughs> Um, I forgot where I was gonna go. Yeah, this is the grails. That's what we're talking about, right, Mando? Um, it was crazy the prices uh, that were, you know, that were uh, that were going on around for all these these freaking. Well, like, this is what you the, the list the listings of board apes has actually gone up. I noticed, but really? it's not around the floor. It's because so many of these great, uh, so many of these higher end apes they're selling trade. Um, so you're seeing you're seeing people start to list a few of them. I also saw that. Um, the infrastructure around some of the IP is 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 starting to be built. You obviously have that board jobs marketplace, which got um, some traction maybe one or two months ago, but that seemed to just be a, um, kind of a bit decentralized. Like they weren't helping with um, with finding bars of different IP for different assets. But um, it looks like King Blackboard um, licenses ate yesterday. I, don't I saw, saw that. Saw yeah. Um, but that's going to be interesting to see if people start to um, do a mm-hmm. bit more with their apes. I do think on the gaming side, that's going to be massive. Like if a game was to come in and license, I don't know, a hundred apes. Um, I think, I think you're going to see quite a lot of that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. What if like, you know, we talk about Nike already and like the reach with the sportsman, like sportsman and women, like imagine like a FIFA or like an NBA or like a whatever, like a one of the sponsor athletes, they managed to put a, a clone in there or like NFTs, whatever. If, I'm just talking in general, but it's uh, it would be crazy. Speaking of which, because I'm speaking of football and real football, okay, soccer. Talking to the real stuff. It's football, soccer. Uh, 
we have, we have our, our guest of the day, Nicolas Julia. He's here on stage with us, the founder of Sorare. And uh, we have a couple of facts about Sorare if you haven't heard of it before, but I'm sure you have. Sorare started development in 2018. So, you know, it's quite OG here. Um, you know, they raised $700 million so far at a $4.3 billion valuation. Uh, SoftBank being the anchor uh, with 17 employees at the time. Uh, you know, y'all have had 1.5 million users on your platform, 184 countries. Well, that's it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, kidding, but of course, but, you know, you've, you've done quite a lot, um, you know, playing, uh, selling playing cards uh, that are, you know, obviously NFTs, but in the specifically in sports and, you know, catering to the whole like Euro and soccer and the you know football fan base. So, Nicolette, welcome on the stage. It's uh, it's been a minute. Been wanting to connect with you. Amanda said you're coming on. I was uh, really excited. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you all, and thank you for the kind words uh, about what, what we we are building and the, the early days of the company. I would say. On va faire un review en français aujourd'hui, vu que je parle on fait français. I knew this would happen. Okay. Parfait. Okay. Français. On fait tout ça en français. Je suis né à Paris, gros fan du PSG, équipe de France, Zizou. That's nice. That's nice. Zidane is our is our last uh, investor and uh, an ambassador. We announced. Uh, just, this is crazy. I saw that yeah. yesterday or two days, days ago. Yeah. When yeah, Mando okay. told me that you signed Zinedine Zidane, like you gotta understand, like Zinedine Zidane to me is like, like if I'm comparing to Americans, like that's like your Tom Brady. Like to me, Zinedine Zidane is like, like my yeah. idol growing up. Like I, that's yeah. the only yeah. person I watched play. Like he's incredible. He's my favorite player of all time. So it's like, wow, that's really cool. Um, that's really, really cool. My <laughs> God. No, that was my dream. That was my dream. I told my team, guys, no, uh, I'm done. You know, like Zidane, Zidane is <laughs> that's part it. of the team. That's, that's it. That, that was about it from the, from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, cool. so Nicola, should, should, should we maybe get into the, um, a little bit of the details around So Rare for people who don't, who don't know about it, how, how it works? <laughs> Interestingly, I, I seem to find that we're, we're obviously in the, the NFT space every single day. Um, I do think this is slightly a separate audience than, than maybe the classic collectibles, even though it, it like bridges the gap between collectibles and, and um, like fantasy, uh, fantasy sports, let's say. Um, it would be good to kind of introduce how the platform works, what it is, and, and, and um, what you've been doing over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So, um, yeah, the, the company is four years old uh, right now. I've been into crypto for eight years, uh, and uh, we were employee number one and two uh, in a crypto company in Paris with, uh, with my co-founder, Adrien, who's the CTO of Sorel. And so we were, uh, you know, looking at the, like the early days uh, of the NFT standard uh, on Ethereum, the ERC721, obviously. Uh, and we were like, okay, this, this, this is amazing. This is going to change the way we own stuff online. Uh, and, um, and, and now we, we, we have digital scarcity and, uh, and human beings have been collecting stuff, obviously, in the physical world for centuries. And we are massive sports fans. Uh, so it's going to unlock uh, this behavior that we, we had as kids uh, on the web. So that was the beginning of, the, of our thinking. And then we were like, okay, this is going to be massive. Like 
10 times bigger than, uh, you know, sports, uh, physical accounts. But it could be even bigger if uh, in the DNA of the product, uh, we have an experiential value, a usage value, meaning that we want the fans to engage with their NFTs every day, not only to collect them and to trade them, but do something fun every single day. Okay. Uh, and so that's, that's and, and so we were iterating on games and we were like, fantasy is amazing. Fantasy sports, because you have this bridge with the physical world, um, because obviously the, on the fantasy game, the performance of the player on the pitch uh, impacts your performance as a, as a user. Uh, and, and it's easy to understand, easy to play. Uh, it's a well-known behavior, very popular in the US, uh, starting to grow in, in Europe as well. And we were like, that's the perfect, perfect fit. We're going to start building at this intersection of NFT collectibles and fantasy sports. So our product is a, it's a fantasy game uh, with an open economy of uh, NFT collectibles. So you would buy NFTs uh, representing uh, players. So right now it's SoCon, but we, we're going to launch US sports in a couple of days for MLB. And we're going to launch a second sport uh, by the end of the year, um, a third sport actually. So you, you buy an NFT, you compose a team with, with the, the NFTs you own, uh, and then based uh, on the performance of the player on the pitch, you get ranked uh, on, uh, on leaderboards and you progress on the game uh, and you can win ETH uh, and uh, NFT collectibles. So that's basically how it works. Uh, and the ownership of uh, your NFT not only unlock access to the fantasy game that I just described, but also uh, physical experiences. Uh, so meeting Zinedine Zidane that we just mentioned, uh, uh, star players, accessing training grounds, accessing uh, stadiums and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, that's, wow. uh, that's, that's, uh, so this, this like physical, that's physical experiences. We are just getting started. We, we've done some experiments. We're going to go like way further than this. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's basically the, 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 the quick so, story about uh, the product. Mando, real quick, I, I know you're going to go now, but which NFT do I need to buy to meet Zizou? That's all I need to know that you guys can go on with the show. Um, <laughs> that, that we, we are thinking about this. Uh, you know, Z, Z, <laughs> You know, like our like um, part of the specificity of uh, our our fantasy game. In, so in Soka, it's a team of eleven, uh, but we've done a gameplay where you can play with five because we wanted you know it to be simple and not to push uh, users to 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 play with eleven and eleven NFTs from the get go. And uh, in Soka, a format that that is becoming increasingly popular uh, in the physical world is five, right? Like they're playing five against five, and Zidane has a lot of this. Uh, fields uh in the like in france uh and he's expanding in europe and so we're going to do some cool things uh again at this intersection of the of the physical world and uh and uh and, and nft world so that's, that's kind of perfect summary so so just to summarize in terms of the business model um it works for you guys because you sell these these quick trading cards each um each year is does the does the fancy game reset each year and do you tend to find that your users make more money from just like buying the best players and they become like collector's items or is it is it kind of split between them and playing this fantasy game it's a it's a very interesting question uh from a gaming perspective what uh the the sports fans uh find cool is that they are playing different worlds they are the owner of the club because they make decisions about what player they're gonna buy uh and so on they are the manager 
meaning that uh, or the coach, meaning that uh, they're gonna make uh, strategic decisions about uh, you know what player to put in the lineup uh, in in any given uh, specific tournament, and obviously they are they are the user or the or the player uh, at the same time. So they they they, they have different roles. And we have also, uh, so to, to answer your question more concretely, like uh, different kind of user persona of type of user. So you have the pure like collector uh, who's you know, here for the long run. And so he's you know, just picking a couple of cards and building his collection about, about, around specific teams uh, or specific nationalities or national teams or whatever. Then you have like the, the, the kind of trader. So he's going to buy and sell uh, a lot and trying to make money this way. Uh, and then you have like the pure gamer. He's only here or she's only here for the fantasy game, uh, and uh, and uh, and and like enjoying enjoying the game and progressing within the game. So you you have like basically this free type of uh, of user profiles. So so how, how much just just if a collector was to start playing, how how much would like a starter pack of these cost, and and how much does like the most expensive players go for? How much does like an Mbappe go for, or, like a Ronaldo? Yeah. Yeah, so we've built uh, we, we've built uh, the the gameplay uh, so that uh, you can have fun if you you know don't want uh, to uh, put a lot of money on the table. And actually, we have a free to play game where you can start to understand the gameplay dynamics without being NFTs. Uh, and then you have like uh, you can, you can play with the limited counts, so it's one thousand counts per season per player. So there's there's are like the, the less expensive counts uh, up to the unique counts where it's only one count per uh, player and per year. And so they, they are much more expensive. So the, for the unique counts of the top players, uh, so the, the biggest sales have been like around 600,000, 700,000 uh, dollars. And then you can uh, you you have some cars that 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 you can you can can buy for for a couple of dollars. Uh, and uh, we 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 are we have been uh, more and more creative around the gameplay so that you can start playing with one card. So like uh, uh, in, instead of having to buy like a full lineup, like you can you can play with one NFT and then four digital cards, and and you you get started this way, and then you can progress your way up uh, in the game. And so I've noticed that you started in soccer and soccer historically has very difficult like sports rights to negotiate with. Like Football. obviously players have their own rights, clubs have their yeah. own rights, leagues have their yeah. own rights. Um, yeah. and, and you've signed up clubs individually, it looks like across many different leagues. So um, it, how, how exactly does the, the game work? And can you maybe just speak to how difficult that, that process has been over the last four years? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, obviously like by far the most difficult sport in terms of partnerships because it's very fragmented, right? So you don't have like the NBA or the MLB or the NFL to go and the union, and then you're done. Uh, so in in in, in sports, we so in, in soccer we have. Uh, close to 300 teams that we are partnering with at the moment. It has been four years to build this network. Uh, and there's probably two companies uh, in, in, the, in, in, the, in the history that, that made the same stuff, like Electronic Arts for the game FIFA uh, and, and Panini on physical collectibles. And that's it. Like They are very conservative, very long to deal with. And obviously, it's, uh, it's a lot of money to, 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 to get the, span, the, the, the partnerships as well. So, uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very Fragmented, very different than uh, than US sports. Uh, but when you know when, when when you have this long term and exclusive partnerships in place, then you you are, you are you are in a good position and you can think you can think long term with them. 
and I'm right in saying, do, do you maybe want to give some some facts and figures about how how the platform has grown? I know Farouk gave some at the start, but like maybe maybe even during this bear market as well, like what, what you're expecting in terms of retention, ownership, like um, how many users you guys have, have got on the platform, how how big um, how big the platform has grown. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so no, we are very happy first about like the you know the the what what happened during the the complicated times that we are all uh, living uh, during the last couple of months. Like we are consistently in the top three, top five spot uh, in terms of uh, in terms of daily uh, sales on Crypto Slime or this type of uh, NFT tracker. So uh, so so we would, and and most importantly, the the value of the cards uh, held very strongly across the board, across uh, the different quantities. Uh, for us, what matters is like the, um, the seasonality of uh, SoCan. So uh, April, May, June, they are the worst months uh, uh, historically because it's when the, you know, the, the European SoCan season is ending. So, so that, that's hard to uh, onboard collectors uh, and fantasy players during this period of the year. Uh, but uh, yeah, right now we have, uh, there's, there's 2 million registered users. We have 400,000 active users, so accounting mm-hmm. uh, all users, free users and, and, and paying users. Uh, and I think we are a bit above uh, 120 uh, active paying users uh, owning uh, actual NFT accounts. So that's uh, that's for Soka. Uh, next week, um, we are very excited to launch uh, our first U.S. port. So the marketplace for uh, um, the, the MLB game will be live uh, next week, uh, next Tuesday, actually, on July 19th. Uh, so we have an exclusive and long-term partnership with the MLB and the MLBPA. Uh, and we're going to launch, uh, we're gonna launch uh, so ne- next week. We're very excited about this. Uh, we believe there's huge potential because uh, trading cards and fantasy, which are two pillars, uh, actually come from baseball uh, so like the, the feat is, uh, is, uh, is crazy uh, and we're going to launch a second US port uh, by the end of the year so we, uh, we we have been working a lot the last, the last six months uh, to, to do a big push in the US uh, in terms of products in terms of brands uh and we in terms of like hiring also the be- the best people to to help us uh on this journey so we 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 have no um, uh, an office in new york where we have uh uh like 50 percent of the company already working from now yeah it feels like u.s sports is obviously gonna be like the big big push here like if you can get mlb as a market working you can maybe move into the nba nfl um, ufc all these different sort of leagues like has it has it been that difficult to, to get someone like the mlb i imagine the the process has been slightly easier in terms of negotiation have you got every single every single club on for to... yeah uh so, so sorry to interrupt what's your question yeah uh i know uh, like as you said in terms of um in terms of structure it's easier uh because you you know as i said like soccer is very fragmented so sometimes you you can go to a league but in some in some geographies you need to do to um, you need to go team by team sometimes it's uh you know a league plus a player union so it's very very complicated messy and with a lot of specificities uh in terms of structure in the u.s is very clear very very simple you have the league and the player union uh you you need both if you want like uh, uh like like the complete product uh the player union will, will give you uh the player name uh and and um and uh, and face and uh, and the league will give you the jersey the logo uh and uh, and the team name uh 
so that's how it works. Uh, we we faced lots of co- competition. So basically, all the all, all the major gaming companies uh, in the in the world, some NFT companies too. Can I, I, can, because, can I put it out? Yeah. I thought there were other NFT MLB cards out there. Have they got multiple licenses, or is it just you guys now? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. So uh, so for for this deal with MLB, uh, our line of exclusivity is uh, NFT based fantasy. Uh, meaning that uh, that so so it's, it's it's a fantasy game basically leveraging NFTs. So that's that's our exclusivity. So you have uh, you have uh, one other company who's like purely a collectible company without any gaming element. Uh, who's also partnering with uh, with them. So that's that's the distinction. Uh, and um, and uh, uh, so to, yeah, maybe to answer your question more in detail about uh, uh, there's deal. So yeah. There's there's a long-term exclusive deals uh, was very competitive, but uh, I, I I think that they were very excited to work with the category creator, the category leader. So uh, we have been like um, running the product in soccer, which which is like much more complicated than uh, US sports uh, uh, from an operational standpoint. So during the last four years and growing it, uh, uh, and so they, they they were very excited about this. They, they were also very excited about the the potential for 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 us to help them to reach an audience uh, that goes beyond the U.S. market. Uh, we have 20% of the, our users in in the U.S., but uh, 80% are around the, the world, in Europe, in Asia. And so, uh, like, the, the, these leagues want to expand their reach. Uh, and so they are very excited to, to work with us to, to help uh, them to, you know, to, to, yeah, again, to reach new audiences. And uh, someone just asked me as well, are, are you looking maybe even to expand into like women's sports, women's soccer, women's um, like various different sports, I guess? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is this is a big area uh, of focus for us as a company. Um, and uh, and so uh, we are partnering with uh, Serena Williams, uh, who is uh, uh, an investor in the company uh, and board advisor. Uh, to help us uh, specifically in, in, in these topics. Um, so yes, I can confirm that we're gonna launch, uh, we're gonna launch women's sports uh, in soccer, but probably uh, in other sports too. Uh, we are currently working uh, on it, uh, and we want to do it in a way uh, which is honoring the sport, meaning like you know not being it like a, you know a side thing. Uh, uh, on the platform, but really like uh, having a world class uh, game uh, to honor the sport. So uh, we are working right now like uh, on two two big rock streams. Like first, like getting all the all the IP that we need, uh, all the leagues that 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 we that we need uh, for a world class product, and uh, iterating on the gameplay as well uh, of uh, of the game. Simon, so, I know you have your hand up. Do you maybe want to ask? Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt your line of questions there, but uh, Nicholas, uh, bonjour, comment c'est moi, and that's the only French I know. So, uh, no, 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 no parler français. Um, well, first of all, like a big fan of what you guys have, have done. Like, uh, I remember like when I was Thank first you. starting to explore, like even before I heard a top shot, I remember hearing like Serer and I always played fantasy sports and used to work in sports. Uh, so I actually, you know, I have to go check it back and see what cards I got back in like 2019, 20, because I know I have some. Um, so it's exciting seeing you guys moving into MLB. And like, I know how tough those like deals are. And like, I know that like, Candy is the other one that kind of overtook tops with the trading cards. And they're going to be making a big push in the digital cards. You did mention that you have exclusive 
fantasy uh, rights. Does, do you also, because I find one of the biggest challenges, I also think sports have the biggest ability to onboard more masses into Web3 and NFTs, and you guys are doing a great job of that. But whenever I talk with like my father or the older generation that can't fully grasp digital yet, I know we're not aiming directly towards them, and they still want to hold that physical card in their hands. Is there any ability you guys have still to possibly put out like limited edition physicals that can commemorate or is that not in like the purview of what you guys are focused on? And is it all digital as a? Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting question. And actually it was one of the very first question that uh, obviously we were like uh, asking ourselves with the funding team in the early days, like uh, are people at scale uh, going to, collect digital things <laughs> uh and so as as we grew uh the our answer uh you know like uh, increasingly was clear that yes uh, you know like uh there's billions of dollars that are spent uh every year on games uh, on digital items uh on games that items don't really own on fortnite and a lot of games uh, and we all know that uh, NFTs have super power that make them 10 times more powerful than these uh, game items. So my very deep uh, conviction uh, from the first day that, you know, has been kind of validated more and more uh, across the years has been that, yes, you know, uh, NFT gaming is going to be 10 times bigger than uh, traditional gaming and, and, and collecting because because it's, it's just more powerful. Uh, but maybe to, to answer your question on tapping into like the existing collector audience and the audience that has been um uh, you know, like used to to collecting physical stuff. Uh, I think that it's a matter of uh, kind of like pace and like how do you target different uh, user profiles, user segments uh, over time. You cannot go from like the your initial audience, like NFT sports enthusiasts, which was kind of niche and and small, uh, to the like very mainstream like older generations that are used to collect physical things there are steps in between uh and so you need to make sure that you know you you are it's kind of like a circle that you expand you know little by little uh so to answer your question more concretely like do we want to go down yes like there's going to be a lot of bridges between uh nft ownership and ownership or or, and you know the physical world in general like meaning physical ownership or um, experiences in the physical world. Are we going to go like all in uh, this year on this? No, because I believe there's a couple of steps that where we need to go first. But this is something that, you know, definitely I think very exciting and uh, and we, we're going to bet big on this at some point. No, that, that, that's awesome. And I, I figure it's like you never want to rush, especially like when your main focus is this digital game. Um, I always yeah. had one more follow-up question, but I had that brain fart with your answer. So if I can uh, remember, I'll, I'll come back. But thanks. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I just wanted to get into so what you're excited about in the future. It, se- it seems though MLB is obviously going to be one of the big, um, the big projects going forward. I, I'm right in saying that like you obviously raised a very a lot of money, right? You raised 700 million. I'm guessing this is to continually keep on having to buy all these sports rights. Like um, I, are you just is that the model are you going to keep on raising um and you're just going to approach bigger and bigger leads because this is a business model i guess works it's, it's worked since year one i was hearing you say um are you are you planning on going into, into multiple different leagues in the u.s um is there anything we can kind of glean from that other other sport you're trying to target 
Yeah, yeah. So, my like our ambition uh, as a company is to build the biggest company in the world of sports entertainment. So, if uh, you want to be true to your ambition, obviously you need to get all the top sponsors in the world. That's the plan, and I think that we're gonna make it. Um, and uh, and uh, in terms of cash and fundraising, uh, the, the, I think one of our specificities is that the, the company has been profitable from the first day. Uh, so we are building on a healthy, very healthy foundations. Um, and uh, we took this cash for two reasons. So one is the one you mentioned, like uh, I was anticipating some kind of inflation in terms of the, the rights that we are bearing with, uh, with the top leagues in the world. Uh, and also like it was kind of opportunistic, like when, when you are in a bull market, like we have been experiencing and you have, you know, like uh, very good offers on the table, like it's good to take the cash and we don't really regret it when we, when we see like what, uh, was, uh, what, what's happening right now, obviously I, I mean, I, I was not anticipating at all, like what's, what's happening right now, but it was just like uh, a matter of being opportunistic and, you know, t- taking, uh, taking good, good offers. So, uh, so, so yeah, the, the, the goal is to, uh, yeah, like get all the topics in the world. Um, not only in soccer where we, we, like, we want the top 20 leagues and we are, in, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, I guess on track to, to get down, but also uh, the, the top US leagues, uh, and beyond. Uh, so that, that's what we, we're going to do. We're going to also like, uh, Keep on hiring the best uh, people on the team. Uh, I think, like with the the right balance be, between like uh, the NFT, like the crypto uh, DNA ethos that that we have uh, in the company, but also people that have uh, like experience uh, scaling uh, consumer organizations uh, and reaching like hundreds of millions of people across the globe. That's, that's the aim. So I, I'm, I'm trying to find this balance between people who've seen scale in terms of consumer products. Uh, so a good example is Ryan Spoon. He was leading digital and fantasy, uh, at ESPN during 10 years. So like he, he's built the, you know, the, the, the biggest fantasy game in the world. Uh, so this type of, uh, of, 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 persons uh, uh mixed with the the you know the the only crypto believers that we are like uh, i think it's a very interesting cocktail so i want i want to touch on what you just said at the end you're, you're trying to reach hundreds of millions of users um and i think the majority of our audience are collectors they focus on collector based items um it's weird to see that segregation between um p2e or maybe gaming communities nft communities and, and even what you're building um, we've seen a lot of different companies who try and scale, right? Like try and reach 100, mil- 100 million users. Um, Topshop tried to do it, and it seems that the market or economy has kind of collapsed. Dapper has a few different projects. CryptoKitties, I'm sure you kind of remember even from being 2018. Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of balancing that ability to have mass market appeal and scale to hundreds of millions of users while still actually making money for your collectors, how, how do you see that? Like. How are you trying to make it so that your collectors actually make money, um, but also trying to scale so that you have this for every single marketplace? Are, are you having to kind of, I know obviously you've raised, um, SoftBank obviously is part of the raise, and is it difficult to find that, do you find that clashes between the people that own equity in the business and trying to make it so that NFT holders also make money at the same time? Yeah, it's, it's a very, very interesting question. Um, so f- first of all, like we... Uh, the, the founders and the employee uh, still 
uh, have all the control uh, on the company business and operations. And we have been lucky to raise at very favorable conditions. I think that's like having a founder-led company has been like priority number one uh, for for father and I since the very early day because that, I think that's that's the way like you 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 can think long term and for the benefit of the of your community so that's number one um, I think number two about your question um, aligning collector and kind of game gamer incentives and like uh, you know like uh, answering this kind of difficult question about how do you uh, you know reach uh, hundreds of millions of users and uh, keep it attractive uh, for, for 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 collectors. I think that um, I, on our side, like I always have uh, been asked, like, but are you like a collector play or like a gaming play? It's it's both. Uh, if we build a game uh, that's gonna be fun to play, delightful, uh, social for hundreds of millions of people, obviously. Uh, there's going to be some items that are going to be huge collectibles. We are talking sports. We are talking uh, audiences of billions of people across the world. So if we build the best game that engages these people, uh, not only the top players, but like some specific players for that cut onto some specific audiences are going to be very attractive, right? Uh, and that's that that this is something that we you know is proven true across the across the, the last couple of years for us. Um, I think it's about being um, creative also uh, on uh, on on the on the gameplay uh, and the way uh, you you build uh, your your game and and games that can be playable by different type of budget right like so if you limit yourself uh, to only the people with the bigger uh, biggest budget because you don't want to scale your supply uh, then it's it's uh, it's on paper it's good uh, for collectors but actually it's not good because you're gonna you're gonna cap uh the the max audience that you can that you can tap into right so you need to be creative and you need to have different game modes that cut down to different people right so like uh gamers uh that that are that are like uh yeah fit for the big budget play, playing with the scarce uh, items but also uh game modes that are uh a, a good fit for uh, mainstream audiences and, and and people with less or no budget. So that's how we think about it. And um, yeah, let me know if that answers your question or if you want me to dive into any point. I know it's a, it's a, it was it's a very open and broad question, so happy to dive. No, I think I think it's an interesting one. Like I think um, uh, even with you know classic tops trading cards, like not all of them have value. Only really the, the the top ones do, but they can have immense value over time. And obviously, you're building a game at the same time, which. Uh, it doesn't really feel like play to earn. It feels it feels slightly different. It's not it's not like some generic yield. Term. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've always like uh, um, I, I've always refused uh, to use this this term to define what we are doing play to earn. Because look, if it's just about the money, which the play to earn definition seems to in, to, to 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 mean, um, then you have a you have a problem because uh, you know the day. Uh, your user growth is not as good as uh, you want, uh, you have an issue on the market, right? So uh, it, it must be more than this. And uh, I think what's good about our game is that it's fun and you have people that are playing it because it's fun. You have people that are here you know, because they are, you know, collecting uh, the cards uh, and, 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 so, and that makes all the difference, right? Like 
So our aim is not only to 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 build this game with fun and social, where people uh, you know enjoy meeting new people, and uh, but also building a cult brand uh, on the on the collector side, so that. Uh, that, that that people love to interact with and and, and collect uh, for the you know for the for the sake of collecting and uh, expressing who they are as fans. Uh, so so I think that's that's what we are building. So it's um it's it's uh, I think it goes way beyond the the the, the play to earn um, definition. So so as I said, I think the majority of audience are mainly been brought in from the collectibles angle. You obviously know yeah. the SoRare economy very well. What have you seen as held value, and where do you think, if you were to advise somebody to come into your platform and start oh. collecting things, like where oh, yeah. where should they be looking? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so what's interesting about the platform is that obviously the you know the the the, the top players uh, like the the tier one players uh, are always a, a like a, a good bet. Like, uh, and I think you have some analogies with the physical uh, card collecting here. I think it's uh, it's uh, it's always a, a good bet. So that's number one, pure you know pure pure collecting. Pure collecting number two, you have the you have the the rising stars, right? Like so, it's obviously more risky. But like uh, having a look at uh, at uh, you know like uh, uh, players that are that are young, but that can become like the next uh, big thing uh, in the sport. That's number two. And then I think number three is like it's it's like more tied to the gameplay and to the and to the to the fantasy game. So uh, finding players that maybe are uh, you know not going to be the next Messi or Ronaldo. Uh, well, not currently the, not the, the Messi or Ronaldo, but are performing very well uh, and are, you know, like uh, bringing consistently like uh, good results uh, on, on the game, like good, uh, good scores. Uh, so, so, so the, this players also can, uh, can be very, very good, uh, uh, very good choices, even if you need to be maybe more careful about, you know, the, their performance on the pitch and how that, that impacts. Uh, uh, the the value on the market. So so these are the three type of options um, from a general standpoint, I would say. And just just to be clear, like after the season ends, you bring out a new pack each year. Ha- what happens to the old pack? Like generally, do you, does the price decrease or does it increase, or does that depend on the player? <clears throat> yeah, it's a good question. So I think as an introduction, I think a big big change that we are bringing is that if you think about like sports video game. Uh, at the end of the season, you need to buy uh, new cards because obviously you don't own uh, the, the the cards right uh, in the game, so you need to buy again. Uh, there's a very strong scouting element uh, uh, in in our in our platform, meaning that you can keep obviously your NFT forever and you can use it uh, across the seasons. Um, and so when uh, a new season starts, we would issue a new version of the cars with a new, new jersey, new design and so on. They have a slight bonus uh, on the performance uh, of the Sorry, of the card. So it's a five percent bonus that you that you have if you play with the with the current uh, card of the season. And because of this, uh, the value of the past uh, seasons uh, is holding uh, strongly when the new season starts. That's okay, really cool. That makes a lot of sense. I, I remember my follow up. Uh, so I know it's crazy. Like watching the last like five seven years, uh, the data, uh, what it costs to actually be able to get like uh, numbers for fantasy sports. Are you guys pulling that from one of those companies, or are you getting it directly from the league, or are you guys building your own data sets that kind of populates the scores? 
Oh, uh, so you mean like uh, the, like um, obtaining the data uh, stats? The yeah, stats. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so right now we are um, we are partnering with uh, companies like, like Stats or Perform, uh, which is called Optine uh, in soccer. So yeah, we, we are partnering with a data provider uh, to to get this data right now. We we believe it's not our you know core business right now. Uh, so so yes, we we are partnering with these guys. Yeah. Cool. And I know like it's crazy like watching like some of those companies like the sports betting stats companies like what their valuations are now and I was shocked. Yeah. Uh, the the fun question is what's the favorite card you own yourself? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I don't I don't uh, own cards and I don't play the game and none of our employees are doing this. Uh, but I can tell you about my my favorite ex player and favorite current player. Uh, I, actually, I'm not going to be like. Very original here, like so. My legend is Zidane because that's so that's my biggest like you memory, you know, sport memory when I was a kid, right? So, uh, so that's that's my 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 legend, and and currently, and he's another of our investors uh, and partner and ambassador, and currently Kylian Mbappe, I think, is is my that's you know, so is, cool. is my my current star because. Because he's more than a player, he's doing so much, uh, you know, uh, outside of the pitch, uh, and I think currently he's the he's the best in the world as well, and he's just twenty twenty three years old. So, uh, so so yeah. And and just to be clear, you're signing up individual players. How, how does that work? Are you, um, is that now going to be the start of some sort of um, NFT drop by individual players platform, and, and you get like to meet them directly, or, or how does that is that sponsorship work? Yeah, I see no, you a, signing all question. these massive yeah, starts, right? Yeah, it's a good question. So, um, so we have all this all, all these deals with the leagues, with the teams, and so on. Where we get obviously all the players, uh, and then uh, we are building specific relationships with a couple of players in soccer, but also in US sports, uh, where they become investor in the company, uh, sometimes ambassador and sometimes more. So uh, to give you an example with Serena Williams and, Ken, and Kylian Mbappe of what we've been doing. So they invested in the company. Uh, they are also ambassadors, meaning that uh, they're going to help us shape the product. Uh, we have like regular interactions with them. Uh, they help us close deals. Uh, they help us. They, they're gonna con- um, they're gonna start communicating a lot in their social networks with like so for Mbappe, I think it's 70 million followers on Instagram and so on. So they're, they're gonna be very active in promoting the brand. Uh, and then we have a front pillar which uh, which is a uh, social impact. So we're gonna work together. Uh, so with Serena on the place of women sports uh, of women in sports and in society uh, and. With Kilian, it's more oriented about like helping uh, young and disadvantaged uh, entrepreneurs to get started. So uh, he's building a school, uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna own uh, and develop the web free program of the school. So uh, so that's that's yeah that's basically what we are doing. So like invest like they invest, they become ambassador, uh, and we have uh, social impact programs together. So that that's the free pillars that we have most of the time. That's so freaking cool. Like, Mbappé, come on, man. Like, <laughs> what, champion du monde. You know, tell these people, Nicolas, du tell monde. them who's the world champion <laughs> of the world. Tell Ovi and Manuel, exactly. my fellow Brits, Not only... <laughs> that think it's coming home every four years. But the only thing coming home is British exactly. Airways. 
It's unbelievable. <laughs> Being a France a France supporter, obviously a French national over the last 20 years in football has been pretty nice compared to being English. Champion du monde, Kylian Mbappé. Exactly. Exactly. And again, again, this <laughs> Oh my God. This is honestly like, I just want to say like, I've been listening really attentively because it's not every day you have the founder of a $4 billion company that gets on the stage and, and can speak to you and give you some incredible humble insight on what he's done and how they're doing it and how they're approaching it. And it's like, it's really just so incredible and, and, and inspiring. I think I just wanted to give you a big congratulations. Cause like, it's really cool. Like to have the, the foresight to build this in 2018 and then push. I remember when I first joined the NFT space in early 2021, like I remember when the raise was announced and so rare. And I remember a bunch of people talking about that. And I always played like FIFA growing up. Right. So it's like football manager, you know yeah. how you have your own club and yeah. you're like, you know, yeah. like, you know, it is cause it's like very, it's similar. Right. But this time it's like more funny. Yeah. I get to own the digital assets. Like my little brother, yeah. Growing up, he would always try to buy these these cards, this uh, foot FUT cards, so that yeah. he could like trade them or get a player, this and that. I remember, but like I never understood that. Like, I was like always like, why would you try to buy this? And I wouldn't let him. You know, I was like, yeah, this yeah. is useless. You know, <laughs> but now with NFTs, it's like, well, now I understand because you get to own the digital asset, and yeah. like it's what you guys are doing, and then you get you become your own club manager. So that's what FIFA like. They, they, it's so cool. Like I. It's, I just, I really like just love your model and what you've done. And we've you. been talking about different industries, tapping into different audiences. And this is one, like soccer is one of the most, and I call it football, I'll say soccer here for the sake of our audience. Like one of the, the most watched sporting event in the planet every year is, uh, every four years actually is the, is the final of the World Cup. Yeah, so, yeah. Or, or Classico between Barcelona and Real Madrid at the time where it was Ronaldo and Messi, you could get a billion streamers, people watching. So it's it's really... It's really crazy, but it's not just soccer now, right? That's the bullish thing. It's gonna be, it's gonna yeah. be everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we, we are going. We're gonna. We're going way beyond soccer. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like so, MLB is next, uh, and then we uh, we're gonna we're gonna announce a second uh, huge sport uh, that we're gonna not only announce but also launch by the end of the year. Uh, US sports. So, uh, so yeah, we the, again the, the 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 goal is to build the biggest brand in the world of sports entertainment. So, like all the top sports are gonna be here, uh, and uh, you can think also about this global marketplace where you're gonna be able to trade uh, uh, Kylian Mbappe NFT against LeBron James or Tom Brady or uh, Otani. So that's, that's so that's fucking it. cool. You know, like, so come on, come on. Is it is it the NBA or is it the NFL? Come on. <laughs> Does it involve a ball? <laughs> that's or a good pop? try. It's a good try. I gave I gave examples across different sports, you know, so that I, got, <laughs> I, I, I don't give like too much. Uh, so I, I I cannot I can't share, but uh, it's gonna be very exciting. That's that's all I can say. <laughs> well, that that's so cool. And uh, feel free, you know, anytime maybe you know Kilian or Zizu want to come talk about NFTs on Twitter. You know, we have a show every morning, five days you'd a week. Be, <laughs> <you'd>, yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised, or, or, or like you know, soccer is warming warming up to to to, to NFTs and soccer players in particular. Uh, US sports like uh, had a, a good start, but uh, I really see them warming up uh, a lot. So so why not? Why not? I love that. It's really interesting to hear also what's happening. Like we're used to similar conversations here every day, right? Similar, and also like this eco chamber, and also within one country, it's a very like American centric, right? But hearing what's happening on other parts of the world and, and with other, uh, you know, other, um, other niches and other sports and other, this, and I think it's, uh, it's, um, it's really, really, really damn cool. So 
Uh, I don't want to hold you up much longer, Nicole. I know you had a, Thank a you. hard stop. You stayed you yeah. stayed longer. You gave us a lot of your time. Uh, we're really grateful, uh, all three of us and Rug Radio, for having you. It's uh, it's really uh, it's really been awesome. Uh, thank you very much. I don't know if there's some things Thank you want you. to say before you go. Maybe somewhere, maybe plug something like that we can go and learn more. I made an account while you were talking. I make Farouk FC. I'm ready to go. Like I, you should. I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I can I can be your I can be your uh, like your 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 your, your how to say that your, your concierge or your your helper. <laughs> You're on your onboarding. I'm uh, happy to do so. Uh, Deal. Deal. Uh, I, I'm gonna send you my phone number. Deal. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Not like you have it. A million other man, people. influencers get it so easy, don't they? They just get it so easy. <laughs> Fucking influencers, man. I swear to God. Damn it. Thank you. No, it was, it was a real pleasure to have this, this chat with you. Uh, I hope uh, I hope we we have like follow up conversations like this. Uh, and uh, and congrats for. For, for what you are doing for the community, uh, we are all together. And we're gonna we're gonna bring these NFTs to billions of people, and uh, it takes uh, lots of different use cases and approaches. And we have something that, uh, as you said, like I think a bit different, uh, but tapping into you know like the passion of billions of fans across the world. So uh, I hope we can you know we, we can help the broader community. I love that. Well, thank you. Merci beaucoup. Ça fait plaisir. Thank you. Uh, so I've much. already gone ahead and sent you a DM thanking you, but uh, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, would love to connect. But anyways, thank you for coming, Nicola. It was a pleasure. Thank you, um, was a pleasure. Farouk, I, I just can't wait for you to get accused of eventually um, tossing League Two uh, sports games to help your uh, fantasy team. Um, I'm sure those <laughs> acquisitions will come very shortly. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it. Uh, actually, it's fun. The thing is, like, this is fun because I used to play FIFA. Like, the only video game I've ever really played, aside from GTA, like, it was FIFA. Like, we would only play FIFA with my friends at home. But that's the only care- game I ever cared to play. And uh, and it's like, you know, it's just so fun. Like, I, I just get the feeling they're going to crush it. He has the right. Dude, he's he such right a smart world. guy. Thinking about it right. Like, we've talked about how, how some models aren't treating mass market well. I think he gets it. I think he's going to. I think they're going to yeah. do well. He he really gets it and like dude like they raised dude fucking seven hundred million dollars. That's what they raised at a four billion dollar value like at the like a year and a half. I remember when that happened. I was like, holy shit! Like this NFT thing is just gonna be massive. It's one of my signals back then. I remember they're gonna keep well. raising though, right? Like to buy these to buy these sports rights. If they're gonna buy the NFL sports rights, dude. it's gonna cost them a lot. So Come they're on, gonna man. keep rising a lot. And the MLB, they have it already. Like, baseball is, like, one of the hardest fucking sports to have rights to be. They don't even let their players have, like, freaking, like, that's why. Isn't that why, Simon, like, baseball cards are worth a lot? Because, like, players can't, like, they can't even do, what is it? Like, so there's a whole thing around social media and MLB players and this and that. It's, don't they have, like, strict rules? Baseball is not as bad. Um, okay. It's, yeah, it, football is one of the hardest uh, with. Because I, um, I was sure I heard Gary V. Wanda on a podcast a couple of years ago talk about, like, MLB players and how hard they actually have it to be able to, like, do. Th- Anyways, like, I forgot what it was, but um, it's pretty impressive. Um, it's pretty cool. Wow. Not every day, like I said, you get someone built something like that on the stage on the thing. So I know, you know, people usually want some sort of conversation, this and that. But that, that, was, that was one hell of a guess. Mando, thank you so much for for making that happen wow uh that was great speaking of um hard transition here speaking of influencers we have one of the best jamie there he is jamie with a one <laughs> your influencer's favorite influencer and oh man <laughs> i don't know if i like being called that i know i'm fucking with you i'm fucking with you oh my god uh it takes an so... influencer to know an influencer so. <laughs> spider-man meme spider-man meme 
by the way like just about so rare like that's such an incredible project it's been around since 2018 it's always been a premium project i remember you know i was just yeah. a pop back in 2018 i couldn't afford to buy so rare nfts even back then um and it's older than 99 percent of the projects out there so it's about as legit you know, like they've stuck around they've continued to build they've raised money they've made progress um it was really cool catching uh nicholas's conversation there yeah, I mean, it's, you, a, you, it's, it's such an OG project, right? Like that's that is something that like that was that was the time that Super Rare launched, right? <laughs> that's how crazy it is. Yeah, I, I mean, it's actually might have launched before. It was like same time period. It might have been right before Super Rare. I mean, it was really right in the beginning of all of this. Um, twenty seventeen, end of twenty seventeen is when Crypto Kitties came around. So beginning of twenty eighteen and stuff is when So Rare and um, some others came. So uh, it's literally been around as long as I've been in the space, pretty much. Wow. Jamie, I mean, what was yeah. your first NFT you ever bought? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it was a Crypto Kitty. It was a Gen 16 Crypto Kitty. Uh, my cat had run away, and uh, I named it after my cat. She came back. I've heard that but, before. Uh, oh, wow. I've heard that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was December 4th, 2017. So uh, it's wow. been a long journey. But Yo, so I just... Today, I, I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We, 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 yeah, we're crashing you today here, uh, Farouk. Thanks for letting us come on here today, me with the <laughs> Kingship crew. Um, I love we've got that. A launch, we got a launch coming up in twelve minutes, apparently. Um, so, is it twelve minutes so, now, Celine? Hey guys, hey Farouk. What's, thanks for having us. What's up, Celine? So it's so funny. Like, Jimmy, Jimmy said to me, "Damn, I see it this morning." I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, just just crash here. Yo. We'll <laughs> we'll have ten minutes to talk about that." <laughs> And and and, uh, and so, but it's great that you were there for the so rare guy because I, I knew you would have known, uh, you know, because you've been in space for a minute. Um, fun fun story though that you couldn't afford so rare packs back then. Now you have like a bajillion uh, apes, me bits, and punks. But uh, <laughs> that's a great come up, uh, you know, uh, in the NFT space. I love that. And Celine, so hey. talk to me about kingship because you know why I thought obviously I'm a fan. I'm friends with you for disclosure, uh, but it's like. Um, we talk a lot about IP here uh, on the stage. We've had the conversation many, 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 many times and licensing uh, examples for apes and whatnot. And so Kingship, you guys, you know, created a crew, a group, right? Uh, um, and uh, it's the it's the apes. It's the apes that are signed uh, by WME. And I think it's it's quite interesting. <laughs> you guys have your job coming. So if you want to, Celine, go ahead. Yeah. If you want to maybe introduce sure. yourself, what you do, but also like kind of the project. Thank you. So if you guys um, don't already have the backstory, I'm Celine Joshua. Um, I'm an executive over at Universal Music Group, but I also have my own label. And so what I've done over the last year and a half is transition it into a space that we all love, right? That's that's um, exciting to create and uh, all things Web3 and to introduce artists and IP in ways that have never been done before, especially from within inside a major music company. I was introduced to Amazing Jimmy by Nick Adler. And so when we sat together almost a Chad year ago... Yet. For sure. And I think he's in here if we want to like bring him up to the Get stage. Jack from stage yeah, we have our amazing <laughs> creative director and animator, Jack, who we found from the community. I mean, every part of this group that's been assembled has really come out of like love and passion and finding the best of the best that just want to see something unique like this come to life. So obviously there would be no kingship without the creation of Yuga Labs. And so when we, when I sat down with Jimmy and Nick, we were just like kids talking about what if we can create a virtual group and what would that take? And so Universal Music Group, again, 1022 PM, we licensed all four of the amazing kind of, you know, like you got the C Captain King, Arnell and Hud from left to right. 
from Jimmy's collection. We then went back a couple of months later and we bought one who's the manager, manager know-it-all, just to have some skin in the game. And so that was the first time a major also bought an NFT, which also came from Jimmy's collection. So it's like all, all within the same family. Um, we've spent the last nine months inside a major organization really building something that could be native to the <clears throat> ecosystem. So what we're about to see in about hopefully nine minutes is a native drop. It's going to be on kingship.io slash mint. Um, we have a special partnership with OpenSea. Um, we have 300 NFTs there if you want to buy directly from the platform. And then something else to help grow the ecosystem and to bring music fans in or bring in fans who may not have crypto but do have wallets and and want to engage with just credit cards, we've enabled MoonPay as part of our Mint flow. So I, I hope cool. that wasn't too long, but I just no, want no, to know. No, no, it's good. It's a good breakdown. Yeah, and so the IP is the first time we, you know, we'd licensed IP and we trademarked and all the fun things you can imagine um, to see and exercise the power of what happens when you buy one of these, you know, apes or mutant. Like, what can you really do with it? And so hopefully this will be a really great example. So, so I know Kingship was probably the first, but we've seen, obviously, Timbaland is, is, is starting to build his own record label with his ape. Uh, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, both kind of utilizing their apes for their music. Like, what is, what is going to be different about Kingship? Like, how, how are you approaching this maybe different than other people in the space? That's a good question. And by the way, all of those incredible artists and, and legends, it's, it's, it's incredible to kind of be in the same conversation. And I only hope that more artists and uh, creators will enter the space because I believe that it's just another kind of, I've said this, like a canvas, an expression tool for their art. Um, what's different about this is that we're artist world building and that there'll be more elements and features and experiences that really have to do with the development of the band that will bring the community along. Uh, we have major partnerships that have already been locked in that are organic to kind of like the way we're going to tell the story. And that's all going to unlock. And, and you know, uh, ITSIC on our team, you know, we teamed up with NFT devs. These are just incredible, incredible um, team. You know, he's, he texted me this morning and said, you know, Celine, I, I think everything we've done, maybe we don't know what's happening now, but certainly when we look back, we'll, we'll, we'll have hit some milestones and we'll know later when we look back. And so part of this journey is to kind of create things that have never happened before, perhaps in ways that other artists, you know, could, you know, be inspired by and bring in major brand partnerships and just grow the ecosystem. Big fan of what Tim is doing. Obviously, you know, Snoop, big part of the family. And, and we only hope to see more and collaborate with them. This is sick. And uh, it's, uh, I, I remember when uh, you guys came up with the idea and then you guys, there was um, the whole article about uh, being signed to UMG. And it's, uh, I, th I thought it was pretty fun uh, how it's like a, just a group that's kind of like built out of a, out of the IP that, you know, Jimmy's collected and Nikki and stuff like that. And you guys just like, you know, create a group and then UMG came in and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you're putting music. So what, what, what are you, what are you guys doing at the drop? Like what's the, cause then you guys said it's in, in some few minutes. Uh, today what's the like what do people get what's the what's the details on that all right jimmy you and i want to tag team so I, it's about six minutes from now um so you're basically minting a key card that key card is going to give you access to one of the four towers you have up to four that you can mint if you if you choose to but 
when we unlock and show you the design of the towers, it'll all make sense. Each tower is designed by the amazing, obviously, Jack Lanza, who's like the premier ape animator. Um, and for you to be able to have access to one of those towers, which will be unique, right? Because we're going to have the characters and the storytelling designed to each member of the group. There's a floating villa. I know this is going to be kind of hard to imagine while you're listening to me, but when it all comes to life, there's a floating villa. Collect all four. We're going to have a little trade uh, mechanics or swap mechanics later on down the road so you get access to the VIP. In the traditional kind of like music world, think of it as like, uh, you know, your ultimate VIP pass, if you will. So, and the art is sick. That's cool. And so that's the five minutes. So good luck five minutes. I, I wanted to ask though, Jimmy, right. you have a ton of land in the other side. Are you, are you planning on building like a little yeah, stadium <laughs> well, we're making we're making some towers um, in, for the kingship stuff, and I do have a lot of land, so you could add two plus two together and kind of <laughs> figure out where this might be going. The four, yeah, that could be That's cool. Right. Two plus two equals four. Uh, <laughs> Is yeah, it? Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's Celine mentioned too that you know there's a way to combine like the four NFTs and you know get your VIP access. Um, this is a collection of only five thousand, so there's only going to be at most about what 1250 uh vip passes i might be off on my math a little bit there but i think it's i think that's right i think it was 1250 vip passes if every pass is every nft is created and makes into this vip pass so it will be pretty limited you could think of it like uh maybe um similar sort of pass or membership to you know holding some of these mint passes and things like that um just a small you know thousand true fans kind of ideal so that's what we're aiming for here with this genesis drop can I drop some alpha here? The card is dual-sided. One side serves as your tower, and the other side serves as your um, PFP, if you will. So, you know, you're, you know, we will have one of the members. Um, and like I said, the, the 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 quality and the art is incredible. I'm jealous whoever gets the legends because those are incredible too. But um, we'll we'll talk about it. Maybe if you can have us after after we reveal, which will be post mint, and we can talk about the incredible art and what it all means and the and the rarities. But, yeah, hell yeah. I mean I, I wish you guys a lot of luck, uh, with everything. Jimmy, of Thank course. You. I always like, you know, like to support you what you've done in space is awesome and you're dope as fuck. Well. Sure. And, <laughs> and and uh and yeah, Jimmy is fun. Jimmy's always said, but he's one of the first people I met in the space and so it was always helpful. Uh so cool to see what you know what you continue to do. And, we uh, need to do a Jamie origin story. I think we need, that's yeah, that's a, yeah. We need like a proper like Jamie origin story for sure. And because <laughs> yeah, you need because we like to do these origin stories. Like tomorrow we have Jake Dijan and like we had. I totally come back and, on and, and do that one day, guys. Whenever you guys yeah. want to do it, it's like yeah, we go for twenty five thirty minutes. We have a topic with our with our with our guests, and like we just dig into the story because we want to highlight like also like people who've been building in the space for a minute and like the artists and stuff like that. So. It's always good. To, we have a whole list of origin stories that Mando prepared, like 30 names. So we want to really dig in. And I think it's interesting to hear and remind people how a lot of the things that are happening now started. So, yeah, good luck, Celine. King Shep, Thank you. Jamie, Thank you, Nikki. everyone. Uh, good luck two to minutes. everyone. Yeah, wish you best of luck in two minutes so they can find out, I guess, on your Twitters and, and all that good stuff. You know the vibes, fam. You can yep. click on there. It's on all three of their Twitters. They're on stage right now. Uh, and it's wave one. Uh, it's wave what? Yeah, wave one. So I'm seeing it uh, over there. Um, yeah, that- you can also snag. There's 300 that are going for sale on OpenSea that are non uh, allow list and things like that. So um, 
if you're not on the allow list right now, in a few minutes you can still go to open C and snag them at point one nine each. There you go. Boom. Yep. Cool. Thanks so much for it. Really appreciate easy. you guys having us on today. Short Anytime, notice. bro. Um, looking forward to coming on again sometime and Hell talking yeah. about my, my origin story. I'll tell you more about the cat <laughs> running away. Oh, dude, I can't. Yeah, I want to hear all about that. <laughs> and then when you hear about Everstars and all that good stuff. So thanks, guys. Appreciate thanks, you. Thanks, Bye, guys. Peace. So, Mando, Ovi, I know it's noon, but we had quite some cool topics. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> We had, what were the other topics? Because I think we, we did address one with the mass market and collectibles. I we, think you we did you, you totally topics, went man. to how to balance mass market collectibles. I mean, SoRare is a fucking perfect example. I'm hooked, by the way. Uh, the website's so well done. Like, you get your first, you get a free pack of cards when you make an account. And you get to open it. You get, like, five like players. They're shitty players or whatever. Like, it's cool. I can make my team and, and go. And then they explain to you what cards are rare, this and that. It's pretty interesting. Who, who'd, who'd you uh, get? Some random players, like I, I, <laughs> like, but I thought I, his answer was genuine, right? I thought well, the issue is that some. I think the issue is is that he answered it by being like, "Yeah, some of the collectibles are going to make it, but some of them won't." Right? Like the rare cards will make it. Oh, like, I got an American player. Look at that. <laughs> Who'd you get? Uh, Aaron Herrera, defender, twenty-four years old, Team USA. Um, and a Herrera or Aaron, and then I got. Oh, right. I got Akito Fukuta and Yutaro Oda from Japan. I got Sebastian Perez. Anyways, whatever. I'm just going to go buy cards. Uh, but I kind of want a Zidane. Uh, I just made his account to get one Zidane. You never get a Zidane, man. He doesn't play. I don't think you, you could get an Mbappe. No, but he said Zidane, he made a card. No? No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's oh. there yet. He is going to be. I thought, yeah, okay. I think there's going to be. He can make legend cards. Like on FIFA, yeah. there's like those cards from old players too. Uh, you I can get some legend cards. But yeah, like, I just think he, what he answered there was correct. And to answer that question, it was really just, and I don't, I don't want to single out specific topics, but uh, projects. But if a, if a CEO comes on and talks about mass market appeal, when your project is built around a collectible value, I think that's maybe a bit more difficult than what he is was saying. I, I actually believe that he's actually going to do well with that, his model. Yeah, it's um, it's he's definitely GMI. Ovi, uh, what did you think about the comment uh, with Nicolas, where the part where France was going to win the next World Cup this year? No chance. No, no chance bro, get the... No do you guys want to put a bet against me, both of y'all? I guess you both Brits. Yeah. England. You guys want to iron a bet right it's now? Coming, it's, coming it's coming home. It's coming home. Okay, so do you want to play a game of it's, who goes it's the first? It's England. <laughs> Are we putting a bet? You guys want to... What's your what? group? You guys have a tough group, don't you? Let me check. Um, a really easy group, I think. Dude, we got to get uh, Nicola to... Get Mbappe and shit on the show. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so let me. We have. Uh, wait, where's the groups? I can't wait for World Cup. Oh my god, it's gonna be great. Um, it's gonna be fun to host during the World Cup. It's gonna be. It's gonna be weird that it's in the winter time, isn't it? Yeah, France. Like no, Fra- dude. France is with France, Germany, Morocco, and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, like, still um, tough. Germany, man. World Cup. Germany Oh, no, that's the pot. Hold on. Never mind. That's not the so, group. I'm sorry. If France... Oh, no. We, France is with Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia, bro. Come on. Oh, you'll cross that. Come on. England is with Iran. Yo, you guys are not going to pass Iran. You're with USA. You're not going to pass USA. And go you, go USA. Wales. We finally made it. Yeah. England, England versus Iran is going to be great fun. Great fun. Bro, USA, USA, Iran in 94 during... Uh, 98. So I was a kid, but my mom told me the stories of when they were in Paris. That's the year we, by the way, won the World Cup. Um, and, uh, and so, 
um, it was during like heated political times, and apparently what Iran was saying was like crazy. crazy. Yes, it's gonna happen again this time. It's funny, they're playing against each other. Um, Iran versus Canada's the US. In there. It's gonna be a pretty funny group. Yeah, uh, Canada's in the okay. World Cup too. I have three teams to cheer for this year: France, Canada, and Iran. Look at that. I didn't even realize Wales are in our group, Michael. Do you know that? That's going to be a good game. England, Iran, USA, Wales. We played them in the last World Cup, didn't we? Uh, Or like two World Cups ago. Do you not remember? Bale scored that free kick. It was a draw. Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. It's going to be interesting for a country like Canada that's in the World Cup because Canada is such a melting pot of people. It's it's actually beautiful. That's what I love about Canada. But like, it's like, I, like Canadian, there's like a bunch of Moroccan Canadians, Iranian Moroc- uh, Canadians, like French Canadians. Like it's just be fun to watch who cheers for Canada. It's like the whole world's got to cheer for Canada. Clearly, yeah, I think Clearly. everyone's Canada do well. But I, you know, well, no, I think I don't think so rare have the rights to the World Cup. Like traditionally, those rights are completely mm-hmm. separate. I don't think I don't think he'll have the rights for it. Yeah, this is gonna be fun, bro. Holy shit, England, Iran, USA. Okay. I'll be. You guys are lucky if you even make, make it through your group, bro. Iran is gonna beat y'all. <laughs> can you can you name one Iranian player? Hold and on. we'll end the show on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can. Uh, um. Hold on. I. It's, I can hear you typing. It's on the tip yeah, of my for, for, for <laughs> yeah. While, while you search, <laughs> while you search for that name, we should um maybe do a <laughs> do a midday pop up because not just Snapchat, the Disney aspect with the accelerated yeah, speeds and I. It's like I'm gonna write a longer on thread it. on that. Yeah, I my my question is, my question on that is like, there's some companies in the accelerator that feel way too big to be an accelerator, right? I didn't get that part. I, that's why I'm curious about how it works. Like, so there's six. There are six companies in the accelerator. One of them is a blockchain scaling company, which is Matic, which is easily the biggest out of the six. The others all seem like to do slightly different things. Um, I don't really know how it all works. Like you do, you do have Google, which has like accelerator programs. A lot of the, a lot of big um, tech companies have accelerator programs. So I'm not too sure if this means that Matic's about to scale Disney IP because Disney have traditionally done their IP on um, on the VV platform, and that scales with Immutable X. So but it's really, really incredible. Like honestly, every time there's a good news, a lot of the good news in crypto lately, or like the big stuff, like the collabs have been Matic. Like Polygon, so but did you buy Matic? Matic was at forty four cents when I was shilling it to you. I, I, I didn't actually fifty percent. I didn't. I have been deploying, uh, you know, steady lads, just not yet. Uh, and and but it's 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 really interesting. I'm curious how all these partnerships will accrue value back to the token, right? Which is which is something else, right? Because it's kind of like you can have those big collabs, but you know it has to accrue value back to the token. But it's gonna be really interesting to see how it works out. I definitely will at some point. Uh, NFA. Uh, FYI, motherfuckers, uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, but it's just like cool to see. So I messaged um, CEO um, Ryan so we can try and get him on the show and and chat about what they've been up to. I think it's been a really interesting topic. Uh, Nas, sorry, I see on you. You probably know quite a bit about that, but it's really cool what they're up to. Yeah, no, th- this is a this is this is amazing to see. Um, and you know, we we saw that with like um, Recur and and. A lot of other companies kind of like taking highly visible and known, you know, brands and, and IPs and kind of like trying to make them available. Uh, the question is like, how do you do it in a way that is really both authentic, 
you know, to the to the to the spirit of uh, of Web three, but at the same time, also kind of, you know, you have to. It, it is a different market, right? Like, let's not lie to ourselves. Like, the 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 average person who just tends to buy like a lot of merchandise from Disney, for example, is going to be very different from the average person buying NFTs as of today. So the question is like, how do you reconcile these two? And I'm I'm very excited to to see like different approaches to that. I think that like the one from uh, Recur is interesting in the sense that like they're kind of trying out various things and thing you know uh, trying to to take like you know various uh, various shows and and creating combinations of uh, of characters and and so on. Um, probably gonna go deeper into this with like actual experiences around them. So like you know the the idea is as you said you know you basically need to bring back value to the to the token itself. And so like the token has to be the gateway to something that is like much bigger. Um, what is Recur, just, just to give people a bit more context? So Recur is, a, is essentially a company that uh, provides um, NFT experiences uh, for the, they aim at, uh, at all the world's biggest brands. Uh, building, you know, uh, Web3 and NFT-gated uh, experiences for each one of these brands. Um, so, you know, they have their own pass, uh, but separately they also create, you know, for example, like they, they had deals with uh, Star Trek and Paramount and Nickelodeon and a lot of other amazing brands um, that essentially they, they, they basically work on providing uh, the the Web three native experiences for each one of these brands. Um, so now you kind of you, you have like the ability to um, you have the ability essentially to like have Star Trek related experiences with like Admiral Pack. So you have like um you have if you own for example their pass holder, you can purchase these Admiral packs, and these Admiral packs will allow you to. Um, to essentially participate to specific uh, Web3 uh, and, and token-gated uh, experiences. Breaker is cool. I've spoken to the founders. Um, I uh, I was on one of their stages on Discord early on when they were first selling the pass. They basically get a bunch of IP, the Nickelodeon, and all of Nickelodeon, which is massive, and then they, they get all this massive IP that kind of like we were talking about So Mando right now. They have this huge IP and they're they're and they're in charge of doing the NFTs for them and they do it through passes and a bunch of cool stuff. Like it's did, did like they do it well? They actually did. Pardon? Have they done this well? I, I, yeah, they have. They have. They actually have. Yeah, yeah. And they have. And 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 uh, Nas, didn't they? You probably know better, but they went on a big raise, though. They actually have quite a like. It was like I don't know what it was, but anyways, they um. They've done a lot yes. of space. Like, yeah, they're and, really uh, good. Like Oshani uh, and, and uh, his fund, Digital, actually uh, led, I believe, the, the race for them. Um, yeah. I think it was like a, a Series A. It was like, at least like in September. I'm, I'm not sure, like in the most recent, uh, but like at least in September, there was like a, a 50 million at uh, uh, 300 million. 330 or something so but it's very interesting because like you you essentially have these these companies that are kind of like helping with this transition and i'm very interested to see how for example like disney 
partners with Polygon and, and others in order to do that in a way that is very authentic, right, to themselves, but also to, to the space. Because we, we all know that, like, we, we see, like, all the, all the stuff that is being done, you know, by, like, a lot of celebrities in the space that doesn't seem very authentic to, like, who they are as, like, personas. And, like, we don't, a lot of people just don't really connect to them the same way. And, you know, you, everything in the, the web space is about con connecting, right? Like, it's about creating experiences that connect you with something that uh, that you're interested in. And so, like, if there is no real connection to authenticity, then, like, it is essentially not going not gonna to fly, basically. And this is why, like, Recur does more than the NFT. You know, they build, like, they try to build, like, an entire uh, set of experiences, you can call that metaverse, whatever, um, kind of like experience venue for each one of these IPs for people to kind of like connect deeper with the brands that they are interested in. I think I think we need to have a Mando tomorrow or something. We can like dive into the Snapchat side and um, and uh, dive into um, into uh, the whole Polygon NFTs all things just so we don't go over too much because I know this conversation will be long. Yeah. Um, it's already 12, 11. Uh, listen, so many people trying to scale. There's so much yeah, competition. I, want to I was looking at... Yeah. Oh, I think SoRare are using um, StarkNet or not StarkWare even. Um, but yeah, there's so much competition. I do think Polygon's doing a good job there. Yeah, definitely want to have a broader conversation. Lindsay, if you want to go quick because... Yeah, then, yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, I think that especially with big big companies, there's so much expectation and and celebrities and not a lot, and this is not in defense of anyone, this is just food for thought, there's not a lot of room for them to test and make mistakes like there was when I came in, you know, um, for, for my art or for whoever. The, the testing is looked at like a failure instead of information gathering. And, you know, um, sorry, I just got off the Peloton. I'm winded. Um, <laughs> I feel like everybody wants to scale and even the companies that have scale then still need to test and take time. So there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of onboarding within a gigantic company to then go in and then be authentic, but being authentic, it, it's really challenging to be authentic when that's not your authenticity. So you have to grow that and, and it does take time. So, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've been working with a pretty big company and, since September, um, I've been working with Ticketmaster, and we did the Super Bowl commemorative tickets. That went well. But also, there's like a whole, you know, sports side is very different than the music side. And I was working at, and consulting more on the music side. So it's it just takes time. It takes time and, yeah. and you know, and partners and all the things. So we'll see, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that, like, in terms of uh, iterations, uh, things that like, I would like to see more um, that is completely uh, separate from, like, the entire, you know, uh, Freemint mania, etc. But I would like to see um, testing and iterate, kind of, like, iterative steps done. Started with um, uh, airdrops, uh, probably, for people who are already, you know, big fans of, like, these franchises and like have already are already participating say for example for um star trek right like there's just so many star trek fans out there you could you could like easily reward already the people who are you know uh, kind of like at the core of the star trek mania on the on the on the fan side people who sure. join, 
yeah, you know, like people who go to the events, etc., yeah. and, and starting airdrops that way, right? Like you don't even need really like a sale at first, right? Like you can already start with like well, a drop, iterate. Yes and there. no. <laughs> I mean, there has to be an opt-in, obviously, for them to have a wallet, but also you can have a wallet, you can have custodial wallets in your account already. And airdrop, it just depends on what the laws are. And especially when you're dealing with global companies, then it's, you know, there's, there's just so many different things that have to be considered and protection and all of those. But I, I mean, not to say that I don't love an airdrop. I think that uh, yeah. an, an, an unwelcome we airdrop really sucks. Madam Ask. Yes, yeah, we're waiting thank for you. that one. We're waiting for OpenSea. Please, please and thank you, Mask. When Mask airdrop, <laughs> uh, we need that stimmy. And with that, fam, that was a wrap for today. Uh, great show. It was awesome to have Nicola, the CEO of Founder of So Rare on stage. And as usual, my co-hosts, Mando and OSF. Uh, thank you, Lindsay, Simon, Nas, Spencer. Golden, as usual, is going to post a threat tomorrow. And tomorrow we have Jake the DJ and going to come on as a special guest. It's going to be fun. A conversation more on the art side. I think Ovi and Jake are really going to riff off. So it's going to be good. I, I, I'm, I'm going to I have some good. Uh, I want to have a good conversation there. It's going to be really fun. And then what we do want to talk about the whole Polygon and Mass uh, stuff more in Snapchat because it is, it is big. And so we'll try to get a longer conversation going about that because I think it's extremely interesting. Uh, quick shout to Zaid. I see you down there in the audience. His, his pep is coming out today. On the, it's fucking sick. Love it. I shared it. I think it's beautiful. And with that, uh, fam, we'll see you tomorrow, Friday, July 15th, 2022, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Peace out. Love y'all. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM on this beautiful day. A good morning, NFTs. With Baroco, Seth, and Mando. Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on World Radio. World Radio. It's a beautiful day. A beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. DMDM. Rock Radio. Rock Radio. God, I fucking love this jingle. Peace out, fam. <laughs>